Hello, my beautiful woman ink listeners. Welcome back. My guest this week is Sif Hader. Sif is an entrepreneur, host of Dear Media's The Dream Bigger podcast, and co-founder and CEO of Array, a holistic wellness brand that features 100% naturopathic doctor-formulated float and calm alchemy capsules designed to supercharge your digestion and relax your mind. Prior to launching Array in March 2020, Sif spent time in the publishing industry working at Elle Canada and then moved on to launch a successful blog titled Icing and Glitter, which he launched in 2016. Sif founded Array after struggling with many different health issues for years and found that natural remedies were able to cure many of her day-to-day issues. With that intention of bridging the gap between finding natural, organic, high-quality supplements that solved targeted problems, Sif created an expertly formulated array bloat and calm capsules that have now reached a total of over $5 million in sales. I'm sure you've seen them everywhere. Literally everyone is obsessed with array bloat and calm. (laughs) I see it everywhere. Originally from Bangladesh, but grew up in Toronto and Dhaka, Sif graduated from the University of Toronto in 2013 and Condé Nast College in 2014. She currently resides in LA with her husband and Array co-founder Nish. I hope you absolutely love this episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Seth, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so happy to finally meet you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat. How does it feel being on this side? You're always on this side of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's always such a trip to be interviewed. Now I've done it a few times, like a number of times. So I'm like more comfortable, but honestly, definitely more comfortable as an interviewer. I like to be the one asking the question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same. I'm completely the same. I can relate. So (laughs) one, you have an amazing podcast. I'm such a huge fan of the Dream Bigger podcast. Thank you. That means so much. Yeah, we have a similar podcast. I feel like we're interested in the same things, which I love. We need to get together. (laughs) Yes, we definitely do. We need to make this happen. Yeah. So, but beyond the Dream Bigger podcast, you have a company that you co-founded called Array, which I'm telling you, like, I have not heard a brand's name so many times recommended to me. Like I hear it everywhere. And by people who do not recommend brands they don't believe in, that's how I know. They're not just like the skinny tea people. They like really believe in what they are promoting. So I am so excited to get into All Things Array. Honestly, Jenna, it is such a trip to me because in my mind, like Array is still like my baby and it's like small. 
So anytime, like I was, I was at like a thing yesterday on the beach and I was talking to a girl who I'd never met and she's like, oh my God, yeah, you're the founder of Array. Like I have been a customer for like two years and I'm like, how do you know? How do you know Array? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my, it's still a trip to me. (laughs) I feel like that, that a lot of people can relate to that for the first like five years. You just feel like no one knows who you are, even when you're growing revenue and just growing the brand massively. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I don't know, like, it's just like a thing. Like my husband, who's my co-founder, Nish and I, we sat in the car yesterday and I was like, can you believe people know our brand? And he's like, yeah, I know. It's so crazy. Even though like we work so hard at it and it's obviously like growing (laughs) and doing really well, but like, It's still like, I don't know, a very surreal feeling. I'm super grateful. Yeah. And I mean, you just have an amazing product, which is the most important part. Thank you. Yes. I 100% agree. Yes. Everyone needs to try. First, okay. So let's back up. I know you were in the publishing industry and you were at L Canada. Can you walk us through like the beginning of Sif's career before becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I think that this is an interesting conversation because... I feel like I didn't have, I hadn't settled on a career until like later on in my 20s. So what I mean by that is I always knew I was a creative, but I jumped around a lot. And I think that there's like a lesson to take away from this because I remember when I graduated from college, I was like, am I just supposed to have it like all figured out? Like, and it's almost like, you know, we're fed these things from the media and movies and all of that. But I just want to give your listeners like, you know, a backstory and let them know that I definitely had not had it figured out when I left college. I knew I wanted to go into something creative, but I didn't know exactly what it was. So I thought that I would go into PR. I've always been like good at speaking to people. And I was like, okay, this sounds like kind of my thing. I was like the head of events at our um, like, you know, university, like building like the council or whatever. So anyway, I did an internship in PR um, after doing my postgrad at Condé Nast College in London. Hated PR. I was like, this is really not for me. But what I learned from PR was how much I liked to write. Like I was the one who took such joy in writing press releases, like an absurd amount of joy. And I was like, this, this, people don't like this, but I do. So from there, I was like, okay, can I, like, I, I want to start writing. And I'd always been really into writing. So that's kind of how my career in publishing started. I started off as a freelance writer. I was taking any job I could get. And then I interviewed at Al Canada and got that job. And um, while I was at Al Canada, I was running my blog, Icing and Glitter. And the reason I started that was actually while I was at Condé Nast College. This was like early, early days of blogging, like it wasn't really even a thing. But, you know, we were told at Condé Nast that like, if you want to get a job in publishing and you've never had experience, you need to show editors that like, you have that kind of creative mind and like, you have those ideas. And so I was like, I know that this is something I want to do. I've always loved writing and I, I wanted a creative release as one. So I started my blog. So that's kind of what I took to Al as part of my interview process. I got the job. I was there for a little over a year. And then I left to go full-time with my blog, Icing and Glitter. And um, you know, I did that full-time for years before working on Array, essentially. So that's a little bit about my background. I've like jumped around all over the place. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So that was your only like real job outside of being your own boss. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've, um, 
like, it's not that I'm, I was opposed to like ever working for someone. It's just that I, when I started my blog and it started to take off, I really liked the creative freedom that I had, you know, and I loved that I was able to do so many things. And, um, I was learning at a really, really high pace. So I'm super grateful that I worked in both PR and in like at a magazine because I got such a holistic idea of what all things creative look like. And all of those experiences kind of got me ready to kind of like run my own blog and like my own like entire like creative, I guess, like publishing network. If, if you can think of it like that, it's obviously like tiny in comparison to like a magazine. But then that prepared me for Array. So I think anyone who's like jumping around and hasn't figured it out at like 21, just know that like all of those little things that you're doing will get you ready for the big thing. And now like looking back at it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so lucky that I had all these experiences because I was able to come into Array as like a very strong kind of like the the creative behind Array, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. If the 21 year old trauma of trying to figure out what you want to do. I will never forget like laying on my parents' couch. Like I am going to be a failure. Nothing is happening for me. I'm emailing everyone. It's rough, but you do look back. You're like, no one wants to give you a job. No. Oh my gosh. Like literally. And they're like, you need experience. I'm like, how am I supposed to get experience if no one will hire me? Like, (laughs) Where am I getting this experience? I know. I remember I got an internship at Vogue in New York and I I grew up near LA and my parents were like, so you're going to drop out of college and work at Vogue for free? I was like, yes. They're like, no. That's what you have to do. Like I did, I mean, like I remember my first, obviously like my first internship wasn't paid, like paid money. Like, are you joking? (laughs) Back then, it was not like today. (laughs) Yes, especially in that world. So different. Okay, so let's let's fast forward now to starting Array. And what was the moment where you decided this was the company you were going to start? So I had gotten into holistic wellness, honestly, by accident. Um, It wasn't like my path or anything like that. I, a little bit of backstory, I had struggled with my immune system for basically the entirety of my life. And, you know, I was always that girl who would get sick, get on antibiotics, get better, get sick again. And like that on and on that hamster wheel went. And then in my early 20s, actually, when I was working at L, I ended up fracturing a rib from a chronic cough. And I was very frustrated because that's not something that typically happens to, you know, a 22, 23 year old, like that's happens to your grandma. Yeah. And I went to my doctor and I was prescribed codeine. And that just didn't feel like a good enough kind of solution or any, like I didn't see a long term game plan. And so I was like, okay, let me look into holistic wellness, which back then was very weird. It was very woo. It was very crunchy. And I was, you know, not a believer at all. Um, <laughs> and so I, but I was like, I'm willing to, I'm willing to learn, you know, cause at this point I'm desperate. So I started to read anything I could get my hands on, started experimenting with different herbs and minerals and vitamins, um, and started to see shifts in my immune system. And like, as I started to learn even about food and all of these different things. So from there, I kind of 
developed this apothecary at home. I had so many bottles of product and I started to experiment with like other issues that I had from like digestion to fatigue to like all of these like everyday issues that are like normalized now. So as I started to see huge shifts in my entire well-being, my husband back then, he was my boyfriend, we started to notice that there was this huge white space in wellness. You know, I have always been like a beauty person because of my background. And I like, you know, we both noticed that the skincare industry is so user-friendly and easy to kind of navigate. A consumer can go into Sephora, find what they need for their acne or dark circles or what have you. It's targeted, is it's, it's results-oriented, it's formulated by a chemist or a derm, and it's really beautiful. So people actually want to help themselves. Whereas supplements were, it was just so convoluted. All my friends were confused, even for me to get to the point where I was like really comfortable and like excited to use different products. It was like years of research and like intense. It was my entire life. And so that was the problem that we wanted to solve with Array. So the whole idea behind Array was 100% natural targeted supplements formulated by a naturopathic doctor, which work in under an hour. So that was our entire USP. And we launched with two products, Bloat and Calm, because anxiety and digestion are so closely linked. And off we went. We launched March 2020. Um, <laughs> an interesting time to launch. It was, it was a wild time. But on the bright side, like even though it was an operational nightmare, it was also, I think, the perfect time to launch a product like that because people really needed it. And so we took off fairly quickly, I think, because of that. So long story short, that is kind of how Array came into being. That is amazing. My grandmother was such a medicine woman. So I grew up with like herbs everywhere. And I love, that. I love it. I love that. <sighs> So I know, seriously. Yes. Okay. So you start Array in 2020 and you're starting, you co-found it with your husband. What is, if you've had this moment yet? I know you said you still feel like surprised when people know the brand, but have you had a moment of like, oh my gosh, we've made it. Like we have done this. I don't think it's ever we've made it, but there are like micro moments or like pretty, I guess, significant moments where you're like, holy shit, like we should probably celebrate this or like, oh my God, this is a big deal. Yes. You know, I remember for the first time when like we saw a really big celebrity um, purchase our product and I was just like gobsmacked <laughs> because I never wanted to be the the person or the brand that did like blind sense because people get so much stuff that they're never going to go through it. And I found that it was really wasteful. So for me, there were certain people that I had on like my manifest list who I was like, I know that they're going to learn about the product eventually and they're going to come to us if it's right. And I remember the first time that that happened, I was just like, my jaw was on the ground. I couldn't believe it. Um, so that was like a big one. I remember another big one was like, I don't know, like, I guess like certain revenue milestones. Like I remember when we hit a hundred grand in a month, Nish and I were like, what the hell? Yeah. Like we couldn't even fathom making a hundred grand in a month's time when we started the business. So that was a really big one. We had, uh, when Haley Bieber posted about us, that was a huge one early days when Melissa Wood posted about us. That was a huge one. There have been like so many different moments because I don't know, like when you're starting a brand, like you're essentially like doing it from scratch and like 
Nish and I were like, this was our first time, you know, we were not like known people in big cities like New York or LA. Like we're from Toronto. We don't know anyone. We don't have that background of like, you know, our business will automatically take off because we're so well connected. It just wasn't like that. And so we've been very, very grateful, I think, for everything that's happened along the way. I love it. Sorry, you cut out for a sec, but I I think you can still hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. I actually should I say that whole no, thing? No, I should I say that again? I saw I you started with like we weren't big people in like big cities and then you started with like so we're so grateful. I feel like if I missed anything in between you on RP. Yeah, I'll say it again. So I was saying that we weren't big people in these big cities, right? And like I think that with certain serial entrepreneurs or like big influencers, like, you know, you you know everyone in a given city and it's so easy for you to take off. Of course, your product has to be awesome and you're still hustling. But like Nish and I didn't have that background. We were like complete unknowns. This was our first time. And so we've been so grateful for every little thing that's happened along the way. Because for us, it's like a big deal. You know, it's like a pinch me moment. And so, yeah, it's been a fun journey. It is a big deal. I think that celebration is so important too, because I do think it's this moment where you get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you look back and if you never celebrated, you just feel like it didn't really happen. Yeah. And, you know, as the business has started to scale, this is a reminder that Nish and I have had to like constantly like give to ourselves because I think human nature is one where like, you know, you know, for example, like when a goal is really far away, then you're like in pursuit of that. But then when you get this close to it, you know, you're going to hit it and you've already mentally crossed over into like a different goal. So if you don't stop and celebrate that goal that felt so big to you back then, it's like you don't enjoy the journey of building that business. Right. And so I think when things have, you know, gotten to a place where they're really fast paced, like Nish and I actually have to like actively remind ourselves to slow down and celebrate that one goal that felt really, really large just maybe a couple of months back. So we've gotten better at it for sure. Yeah, no, I think it's so, so important. So you mentioned for a sec manifesting, which I'm a big believer in. Can you kind of walk us through some things that, yeah, I know you are. And what are some practices you feel like have helped you in just really getting in your power and bringing things into existence in your life? Um, My biggest thing is journaling. I feel like I just rely on my journal a lot. I, it just, it puts me in a good headspace every single day. And I have like specific practices that I have that I do. So I think like just journaling is a really, really big one. So for example, I will write about things that I am hoping for as though they've already happened. So I'm like feeling a lot of gratitude for them. And in in my mind, like when I put those things into writing, it also feels like, okay, like it's not this like fantasy. Like I can imagine these things happening within my life. And I don't know, when you step into that feeling, it doesn't feel all that, like all that impossible, if that makes sense. And I don't know, like I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly like bettering myself. And I think that, so much of what's happened with Array has also been on account of like that innate belief. Nish and I are both the same way in this sense where like we we believe that we can do whatever it is that we put our minds to. And like 
even if it seems really far away, even if we don't know the path there today, we know that we're going to figure it out. And I think like, that's kind of how we call things into our life. Like weird things happen, but it's because like, we're hustling, of course, but we also have that like innate belief. Yes. Believing you're worthy of it too, I think is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I think that just knowing that, okay, like I'm going to put in the work for sure, but also I know that this is possible for me and I'm like this, like I am worthy of this. And, you know, if so-and-so can do it, then why can't I do it? Like, of course I can do it, you know? And just knowing that if it's possible for one person, it's possible for anyone. So I think that those little things really, really help. Yeah, so powerful. So I get asked this a lot because like me, you do a lot of things (laughs) and I know that the schedule gets crazy, but how would you say like your typical day is best organized? I know there's days where you're off or days you're super on, but what would you say you're like your most efficient day being an entrepreneur with a podcast and a brand and a wife and all the things? So um, from a from a work perspective, I like to um, batch my days. So for example, like I have Tuesdays or Thursdays in a week are like my podcast day. And, you know, if I'm going into the studio, I am batching like three interviews if I can, you know, and also on the days that I'm podcasting is when I will schedule most of my meetings. I like to keep one day of the week completely meeting free because that gives me the headspace to just do like more creative and strategy work because if I'm in and out of calls, I feel like that just like is disruptive. Of course, like, you know, this inherently does happen here and there, but like on my like call free days, I will not take more than like one to two, like very short calls. And I'll make sure that I stack them as well so that I'm not like coming out of a call only to go into another one a half hour later. Um, So I'm intentional about things like that because I feel like if I'm able to just concentrate on one thing, then I'll do it quicker and better. Like just as an example, um, last Wednesday was my call-free day and I just went down to work at in Malibu and I got out like so many like creative things that I was supposed to do, like so many that I wouldn't otherwise have accomplished if I was in and out of calls all day long. So I like I, being intentional about things like that is really important to me. What else? Also, I feel like this, this, I don't know. I know that there's science behind it. So I'm going to say it anyway. Um, (laughs) But I find that my morning routine is really, really important. Particularly, I think working out first thing in the morning is extremely important to my productivity. So science shows that up to two hours after working out, you, your brain is also functioning at its optimal. So I like to start my work day with a workout. Basically, I work out at, you know, seven in the morning and then I come home, basically get ready for the day and I'm on to my work. And I feel like the days that I'm actually doing my 7 a.m.s, um, I'm so much more productive. And then I just set a timer for like 90 minutes where I don't get interrupted from the task that I'm doing. So things like that, I feel like are, are really helpful. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. No, it's so good. I'm like, oh girl, you wake up early. I need to get up early and work out. I work out at night, but I do on the weekends, if I do a morning workout or a yoga class, I do feel so good. Honestly, people are different, I will say. And like, you know, at the end of the day, the best time to work out is like when you can get it in. But 
for me, I'm like inherent. Um, yeah, I was saying that I'm inherently a morning person. So it's really easy for me to work out in the morning. So that's kind of what I do. But yeah, it does. It has like brain boosting benefits as well, for sure. Yes. Okay. So you have a podcast and it's like more work than I could have ever imagined. I, I'm not sure if you know, like feel the same at first. I'm like, this will be fun. And you're like, this is a job. It's still fun, but it's definitely a whole nother mm-hmm. job. Why did you start the Dream Bigger podcast? And what has been something that you feel like has added value to you as an entrepreneur? So I started the Dream Bigger podcast end of 2018. And I started it because I have always been very passionate about making women's lives better. And I found that, you know, back in 2018, and even before that, I would get a lot of questions about things that I was doing. And like, you know, I've always been a guinea pig, I write about all the things or I used to write about all the things that I would be doing, whether that's like a wellness ritual or like something I've, I've been trying for my skin that works really well. So, you know, I would explain why I was doing those things. But I, I thought to myself, it would be really cool if I could bring on experts, like the source itself to explain like why these things are so great for you. And I had always been a really voracious reader. And, you know, I, I feel like whatever ambitions I've had for myself, whether that is, you know, from a work perspective, or maybe it is from like all those other things, like how to eat well, or you know, the best workout or relationship, whatever that is, like we all have big dreams. So I wanted to bring people the resources to achieve those big dreams. So that's why I started it in 2018. It was literally because I had a passion to bring people good information and, you know, a way to make their lives better. And in terms of how it's um, impacted me or like benefited me as an entrepreneur, I think that people like to buy from people And I think that having a podcast allows me to get in front of our like community and they kind of get to know me as a person as well. So I think that that really helps. And, you know, I think it's also such a great way for me to connect with other like-minded people who have become such good friends for me and resources that I can lean on when I'm confused or need a little bit of help. So I love podcasting. It's like, I mean, it it really is, I don't know, like I think like it was one of those things that I was always meant to do. And I feel very grateful that I get to do it, that it's like a part of my job. It's so fun. It is so fun. I also love the the part you said I can really relate to as well as like the community you build of the women that I've interviewed. I'm like, oh my God, my friend group has gotten so much bigger. It's something I didn't even think about when starting it, which is so nice. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I, it was my birthday last week and at my birthday birthday dinner, like, (laughs) you know, a couple of the people who, thank you. A couple of the people who were there were friends I'd met through the, like from the podcast, you know? And I was like, this is so cool that, you know, I was able to move to LA and, um, find like awesome people so quickly. And it was because of my podcast and it was, it's like an added thing that I had never even like thought of when I'd started it, but it's been an awesome way to, connect with people. It so is. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay. So you work with your husband co-founding a company. How do you do this? I think my boyfriend and I would kill each other. (laughs) How do you guys make it work? What's like the separation? 
Jenna, like we are such different people and our skill sets are so, so different. And I think that that is really the only way you can work with a co-founder. And I mean co-founder as in like your husband or your best friend or just like a random person you meet and decide to co-found a company with. I think that if you're good at the same things and want to have a say on all the same things, then you're going to run into issues because inherently, no matter how aligned you are, you're probably going to have differences in opinions. So... When I thought about starting Array, I was like, I have to poach Nish from his job or I'm going to have to find like a co-founder exactly like him because he has exactly the skill sets that I lack. He comes from tech. He's really analytical. He's incredible with numbers. He is a super, super amazing manager as well. Like he, he just, I don't know, like he has like this incredible skill set of being able to manage people. And that's because he's come from a corporate setting where he's been a director. And so I just knew that whenever it was that I was going to start a business, it would have to be with him. And it's been really fun to work together. I think because we're so different we were able to do so much with just the two of us before we even had to make our first hires, which was really useful because we were bootstrapping the business. You know, we hadn't raised money when we started and didn't have the funds to like allocate to hire all these people. So it was just Nish and I. So it was really helpful that the two of us had like such a wide breadth of skills. So yeah, it's been great working together. Of course, like I think that we have to be really intentional about how we show up as co-founders versus how we show up as partners. And, you know, that sometimes is like vocalizing and being like, I need you to show up as my husband right now versus my co-founder or like, you know, in the middle of a work day, if like we're being silly, I'm like, okay, like co-founder <laughs> mode, like I need to have a very serious conversation. So it, it is like being intentional about that switch back and forth, but it's been really fun. And I'm super grateful that I get to work with Nish. I think it's brought us closer together. You know, I think that when you are working on a company, you're going through such intense highs and lows that it's nice to have a partner who intimately understands it, not just is empathetic of what you're going through, but is like there kind of feeling every emotion with you. So it's been a really, really fun journey. That is so good. I also feel like it probably makes you communicate better. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. And also like Nish and I had been together for years before we started working on Array. Like we had really, really good communication skills. We'd like been through a lot together. So we just knew that we would make it work as co-founders. So um, definitely it's improved our communication skills. It has improved a lot of things, I would say. But like, I again, like I can't stress enough that if you are going to start a company with someone, it like your skill sets inherently have to be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So this has been amazing. I have one more question for you, which is what would be your number one piece of advice for a woman who's wanting to start her own business? Start before you're ready um, or start before you think you're ready. So I think that when it comes to starting a business, we tend to want to wait until we have like a perfect thing to go out to market with. And of course, like I think the basis of your product has to be perfect. Like our formula was absolutely perfect. Like we've not changed our formula since we went to market. But, you know, right before launch, things can go wrong. You know, your packaging can be off. Like, the look can be off, you know, your 
marketing materials may not be ready. Like it can be like so many things that go wrong ahead of launch. And I just think it's so important to go to market and iterate based on consumer feedback. So this is a very common concept in tech, but I don't think it's like that in the CPG or like any other space really. But the best entrepreneurs who I've met have just gone to market, known that they will probably like the the product will probably look really different two years in than when it when you initially started. And like this concept can be taken to like YouTubers versus like CPG founders. So, you know, I have friends who started podcasts, right? Like some of the biggest podcasts and they're really vocal about the fact that like, you know, if you go back and listen to their first interviews, they were definitely not the interviewers that they are today. And that's okay. Like you can't like, but if had they waited for every detail to be perfect, they wouldn't have learned as much. And, you know, they probably would still be waiting. So I think that go to market before you're ready and just like improve it. Just be open to feedback, constantly be improving. I promise you like no one who has a successful business arrived into market with that exact thing. You know, it's always improved. And um, yeah, I don't think we should be perfectionists when it comes to business. Yes, such brilliant advice. I also think it's so endearing to look back at businesses that are huge and look at at their beginning days or like their beginning episodes. Like, okay, you can figure anything out and you do get so much better. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Like it's, it's, it's a fun exercise. My God, it is like, really humbling to go back and like think of what like Array was early days or like, you know, go back and listen to early episodes of the podcast or whatever it is. Yes, completely. Oh my gosh, Sif, it was so lovely to meet you. I'm so honored to have you on and thank you so much, especially on a Sunday for coming on. Thank you so much for making the time. This has been so, so fun. I'm very grateful that you had me on. Thank you. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. And if you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.